Good morning. Once again, we'd like to welcome everyone this morning. The, uh, as most of you know, I think we do have several visitors with us today, but most of you realize I am not the preacher. And you'll understand that shortly. I think I probably should have conferred with Luke beforehand. He went with a couple of the short songs. I might have asked, should have asked for a couple of those nice two-page four-verse ones to extend things a bit, but I do thank everyone for their attendance today. Uh, what I want to talk about today are some, the title on the board out front was take into account, I had a hard time putting a title on this, um, it's talking about things we lose sight of a little bit, uh, talking to myself as much as anyone here uh, in these things because it's some things that I lose sight of on a daily basis and I feel like if I do, I'm sure there are others that do as well, and it's good to be reminded. There's just so many important things that we have in life, and so many of us anymore have a, life has become so much more hectic than it seems like it once was. Maybe it's always been that way, it's just that as you get older it gets worse. But there's a lot of things we just don't take into consideration, and oftentimes we don't take into consideration a lot of these things until they affect us directly. You know, when something big happens, if you have major illness, injury, <coughs> suffer some sort of loss or loss of a loved one or friend, some sort of natural disaster happens, you know, your mind is drawn to different things. Often, each day we're just trying to live life and just get by day to day. Now, don't get me wrong, as a General rule, we, I think, try to keep ourselves in line. You know, we're, but we're still oftentimes don't give the proper thought or attention to a lot of things that, that happen. Um, a lot of different things out there that are influencing us. Um, the first thing I'd like to talk about today, I've got four points, I'd like four different things that, as I said, I'm speaking to myself about that I don't think enough about. The first one I hadn't even included in this until Josh's lesson on Sunday. Sunday night, and that is the devil himself. Do we really think about the devil ever? You know, and I don't expect that we're supposed to sit around and just dwell on him. That's not what I mean, but we're supposed to be watching out for him. I'd like to read a couple of verses. The first one is Job 1, verse 7. It's Job 1 and verse 7. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down it. Second verse, 1 Peter 5 and 8. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. What do these verses tell us the devil's doing? He's out there looking. He's hunting. Much like the line that's suggested there, he's hunting. He's going to and fro all over the earth hunting. But you know what? He's not hunting his own. He's already got them. 
He's already got his own people. The devil's looking for us. But are we watching out for him? Are we giving, do we keep him in mind? Do we consider what he's doing? I think oftentimes we're afraid, we, we get him the impression too that he's just sneaking around. You know, we know he prods us with little things, pokes at us. He tempts everyone. Mark one thirteen says that you know, he tried to even tempt Christ. So he's, he's pushing everyone. There's so many things in, in our daily life that we come into contact with that the devil is trying to make look good. You know, you think about just what you see and hear on a daily basis about alcohol, drugs, gambling, fornication, money. We could name a list. We could just go on off all afternoon with a list of the things that he tries to put in front of us and make them look good. So yeah, he is trying to sneak around. He is poking at us with all these little things. Trying to win us over. He often even disguises himself as being good. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. It states that even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. We know that he does. He's putting all these other things in front of us, but he's also sometimes he's trying to make things look right. He put things out there in front of us to that that you know we'll decide. Okay, that's good. It's right. There's nothing wrong with it. Are we thinking about him? Do we consider what he's trying to do? Do we you know do we take into account when we see that advertisement? What you know? What he's trying to do to us, you know. We're talking to a friend, and they, you know, they're talking about. Well, there's nothing wrong with this, or that. You know, do we side up with them? Do we do we do we think about that? It's him out there doing it. On the flip side of these little things, though, he's out there roaring as well. I think that's something we take even less into account. That. You think of all the calamities that happen each and every day around the world. Who's behind it? Do we think about that? He's not just trying to do the little things. He's doing those. But he's, he's doing the big things too. Now do you think the shootings, the bombings, the wars, all this stuff? Who do you think they, who do you think runs all that? I'd like to read from Acts 28, or sorry, Acts 26, verse 18. It's Acts 26, verse 18. And it says, To open their eyes that they might turn from darkness to the light and from the power of Satan. Don't let us lose, let's don't lose sight that he has power. He always has. And he fuels evil. He's what's behind all of it. Now, we are often not a direct part of a lot of those things. Often not directly affected by it. Do we think about it? You know, do we pray about it? Do we do anything to try to help? I'm afraid oftentimes we've grown a bit numb 
to a lot of these things. Seems like there's so many big things that happen weekly, daily, you know, that that we don't consider them like we once did. It, it almost seems like the shootings have have become so common that that it's like, oh, there was a shooting here this week, or there, you know, or someone drove a car into a crowd of people. Or it's just almost become commonplace, but. We shouldn't toss it aside. It should still hurt. I think oftentimes it doesn't. Josh's lesson Sunday night, at the tail end of it, you know, when he was talking about do we hate the devil? I'm afraid oftentimes we think in our minds that we do, but I'm afraid we just ignore him far often than we should. We just lose sight of him. We have to be cognizant of what he's out there trying to do. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. It states that, So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. We have to be paying attention to what he's doing. Because no, we're not ignorant. We know he's out there, but he can't outwit us. That's what he's trying to do. Just one point that oftentimes I forget about and don't think about him being behind all these things and just don't give it enough consideration and, and oftentimes don't let it hurt enough. Don't let it, you know, don't consider it. You know, don't don't pray for other people that are in the situation sometimes since we're sometimes we're a little bit isolated and we don't think about it. Don't let it hurt. Something to keep in mind. Second point I'd like to talk about is hell itself. That's the devil's domain. Like the devil, it's not something we really sit around and think about now, is it? Sometimes you don't think about it at all. We we may talk about it here in the building, but it's not something that we let come to mind very often. Just for a little insight, I'd like to read a couple of verses. Matthew 5, verse 29. Matthew 5, 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better to lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. In a similar passage, Mark chapter 9, verse 43. Mark 9, 43. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. It's a pretty good reminder of what happens If we lose sight of what's right, how bad would it be? You know, how bad would that be to have to cut off a limb just to save yourself? If, for instance, you couldn't help but shoplift, and you cut off both your hands to avoid it, that'd be horrible. But it states that it'd be better that than to go to. To lose yourself, lose your soul to hell. 
You know, and it's apparently it's even it, it's really worse than that. I'd like to read from Luke 16, starting in verse 19. Of course, this is a common story to all of us about the rich man and Lazarus. I'd like to read uh, Luke 16, 9, 19 through 24 first. It states, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. I don't know that any of us have ever felt so bad that it would have made a great difference to have one drop of water. I don't think we can imagine the amount of pain that would make us feel that one drop would quench us in any way. Well, that's just how bad it is there. Going on to Luke 16 there, 25 through 31. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. Besides all this, between us a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to the to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. He said, I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. You know, they already had the answer. Just like we do. Do we fear hell? You know, the Bible warns us over and over and over about it. And fear of it is a means to keep us on God's path. We're not supposed to sit around and worry about it. We know that we're uh, supposed to be about doing good. But we do have to keep sight of what happens to those who oppose God. Luke chapter 12, verses 4 through 5. It's Luke 12, 4 and 5. And this is Jesus talking. It said, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who could kill the body. And after that, having nothing more that they could do. But I warn, I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he has killed has the authority to cast into hell. I tell, yes, I tell you, fear him. Don't forget about hell. Don't be sucked into the things that so many press upon us on a daily basis that You know, so many people believe that it's not necessarily real. That there won't be punishment like that. And it's a fantasy to think if, that God will do nothing. It's, I, if we, if we 
have any respect for his word, we know that he's telling the truth to us. Don't disregard it. You know, Matthew 7.13 says that the way is easy and the path is wide to reach hell. Don't, let's don't lose sight of that. A third topic is a little bit disjointed from the first two, but it's something that I need to focus a little better, I need to focus more on, and it's the souls of others. We're easily concerned about the people that are around us. But do we really put much value on other people's soul, people outside our circle, so to speak? You know, do we consider the soul of that atheist just as important as the, as the Christians in this room? Very often times we tend to place different value on people. Or no value at all sometimes. And we we lose sight of the fact that Christ died for each and every one. Now we talk about that here but I think far too often it stays in the building. We we don't take that view home with us and think about that when we see other people in other places and talk to people on a daily basis. I don't think that comes into, into our minds very often. I'd like to read a handful of verses from Matthew 9. Matthew 9, starting in verse 10. It says, as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with, Jesus, reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, of a physician but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous but sinners. Christ came for each and every one. And he came for the sinners, which we all are. Sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that that we're not. You know, that we see people out there doing bad things and it's them, not us so to speak. Christ came for all. John 1.9 tells us, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Even though, even the ones that we consider as enemies are worth so much to God. We often think a lot of the times nowadays that we don't really have enemies. You know, just in our daily lives, that's not something we we think about, I don't think. You know, now we may consider, you know, say the man we see on TV waving his machine gun around, or the terrorist that bombs a crowd, or some cruel leader of a foreign country. We may consider these people enemies. But do we even pray for people like this? We're told to. Do we value them? Do we consider that they're worth as much as we are in the whole scheme of things? Sometimes when something bad happens to them, do we think they got what they deserve? Not our place to judge, 
God, God will take care of that. He'll take care of those who oppose Him. But do we feel bad for their souls? Do we, you know, concerning the souls of what we consider as bad people, of the people we view as bad, do we want them to be saved or sometimes do we ignore them or just want, them, want it to go away? Just something to keep in mind that don't lose sight of things like that. That's just something that I personally sometimes have trouble with. I know Josh preached a lesson several years ago about all the different Christians around the world. You know, that there's still a lot of Christians, say, in the Middle East. You know, there's there's times in the past where I've thought, you know, we'd, sometimes it might be a good thing to just wipe that whole territory away. But you think about all those good people there that would would lose their lives too. But those, they all mean something to God. You know, he, he values all. The last point I've got this morning is a brighter point, though. But it's something that we don't maybe put as much emphasis on in our lives as we should. And that's heaven itself. I'll have to admit, I don't think about heaven on itself enough. I don't give it its proper place sometimes. I know we all want to reach God. And in doing that, we're striving to be on the right path each day. But do we consider consider heaven, though, very often? Now, heaven's the end goal. We talk about being saved, but oftentimes to what? We take it into account, really, what's out there for us. I know there's some... Sometimes I think people that get well advanced in years think more about it, think about the rest that's there. But I'm afraid many of us get too high tied to the here and now. Oftentimes we're a little too content to live here on earth. And oftentimes we need a little greater respect for looking forward to heaven. Second Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. Do we really consider what God's prepared for us? Do we take time to think about what's ahead? There's things all through the Bible, but I, I just took a few snippets from Revelation 21. I'm not going to read any verses, but of course this is all symbolic language talking about the new Jerusalem, but still the, there's statements there that all tears will be wiped away. The city has, great, has a radiance like the most rare jewel. The city is like pure gold. It's adorned with every kind of jewel. The city has no need for sun. God gives it the light. But at the end of the, later, later in the chapter, it also says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it. Are we reaching for it? Do we think about it? Do we strive for it? 1 Peter 1, verse 4, 1 Peter 1 and 4 states, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. The Lord has offered to adopt us. He's offered to give us a portion of His kingdom. 
portion that we have in no means that we have no means deserve. But he's offered it to us. I think it's something we need to keep in mind. We don't I don't oftentimes think about it in those terms. You know, like I said before, with think about just in the here and now and keeping trying to keep myself into a the right path as best I can. But we have to look to the future, look to heaven and want to have a true desire to be there. In conclusion this morning, these are just a few things that I felt like that I don't give enough attention to and don't focus on enough. I think it's just good to be reminded sometimes. You know, don't sleep on the devil. He's always looking for a way to get in. It may be a small hole or a deep pit. But he's trying to get there. He's trying to get you. Don't forget about hell. And avoid it at all costs. Proverbs 27 and 20 states that death and hell are never satisfied. Neither are the eyes of man. We're all just like the ones who came before us. And we can fall away just as easily as they did. The Bible is full of different stories that give us lessons on this. Consider the value of all men. God loves all His creation and He wants He wants all to be with Him. And do what we can to demonstrate our desire for all to be saved as well as us. Keep these things in mind all the while striving for heaven. Look forward to the rest Christ has promised and want it. Each time we come together as a congregation, we want to offer a time for anyone who may have never come to God, may have never given themselves over to Him, to come forward and name Him and want to be part of His kingdom. We also offer the time that if anyone has fallen away, we can ask for the prayers of the congregation to be brought back to him. If anyone has a need, please come forward as we stand and sing.